every Irish win, the stakes just get bigger. Winning here at Notre Dame should not be one where you feel pressure. Because this is Notre Dame. It's why you come here. It's, it's to win football games. It's part of our tradition. And they've won every football game so far. And they're closing in on something special. It's part of the privilege of playing at Notre Dame is, is to be successful. Today, the Irish take over Yankee Stadium against one of college football's biggest surprises. Will Syracuse stomp out ND's playoff hopes, or will the Irish continue to wake up the echoes? Radio 95.7 Studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame is 10-0. Two wins away from an undefeated regular season. Today comes their toughest task of the season since the season opener against Michigan. Remember, they did win that game. Number three, Notre Dame taking on number 12, Syracuse at Yankee Stadium this afternoon. At 2.30 p.m., welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. We're also presented today by Orange Theory Fitness in Granger, voted the best one-hour full-body workout. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. A dominating win by the Irish last week over Florida State, led by Brandon Wimbush, Kevin. And now Ian Book is healthy and back today against Syracuse. Yeah, it was really impressive with Wimbush's first half especially. But the way that they played, it seems like uh, you know their whole offense is clicking. It's really cool that he can make plays to get people the ball. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with offensive lineman and captain Alex Bars. He explains how his recovery from a season-ending ACL injury is going and how Faith has helped guide him through it. Plus, he'll just explain what his role is now with the team. I will rant about the college football playoff debate, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, Alizé Mack, a breakout performance last week on Senior Day, and what a job Brandon Wimbush did stepping up for the injured Ian Book and the incredible maturity Wimbush showed in his post-game press conference afterwards. We'll play you back some of those uh, comments, but let's start with Ian Book back at quarterback today after suffering the rib injury two weeks ago against Northwestern. Did not play last week, but now he's back. Here's what Irish coach Brian Kelly had to say on Thursday about how Book has looked in practice this week. You know, I think he uh, he's had a good week. You know, I think normal rust maybe on Tuesday, but Wednesday ran the offense effectively. And then today, um, I think just settled in as if he um, had not had a week off. So I think today was really good day. You know, he can run. Uh, we've got run game in for him. Um, and, you know, he's going to get hit. And uh, But we we feel very comfortable. We wouldn't have played him if we had to put him in bubble wrap. You know, you just can't play a quarterback under those conditions. All right. Uh, the only thing I'll say about that is what was Brian Kelly going to say on Thursday? He wasn't going to say, yeah, the rib's a little tender. Um, he's probably not going to run the ball. Um, we're hoping he doesn't get hit too much. Obviously, he's going to say that. So I-, I believe Book's healthy enough to play. The question is, if he takes a couple hits, uh, 
Syracuse has the tenth is tenth in the nation in, in sacks per game. If if so, he's probably going to take some hits. If he takes too many hits, will that affect him? We we don't, we don't know the answer to that. Um, but that would be my biggest concern as he comes off this rib injury. There's potentially a broken rib there. We're not they have not released that information totally. Um, that's my biggest concern. What about you? Well. <laughs> Again, he's a pretty tough kid, so whatever the the injury is, if you look back to that Northwestern game, uh, he got hit pretty early, and second half had a great second half, but then even sealed the game with that run. So even with sore ribs, um, you know, I think think we can expect big things from him. Yeah, in that second half against Northwestern, after that rib injury, he was 15 of 19, 78.9% completion percentage, 236 yards in the second half. Uh, had two TD passes and a game-clinching rushing touchdown. So, yes, he was effective for sure. But the question is, did that soreness play a factor? Here's the one thing. I, I can't imagine he's 100% today because he he didn't even suit up last week. You could say, all right, we're going to take a precaution. We're going to make sure he's okay. We're going to sit him out because he's not where he needs to be. But you would have at least suited him up if he, had an, if it, he was the emergency guy that if – there was trouble that you could have played him. They didn't do that. So seven days later is now he 100%. I, I don't know. Did he tap his inner drew tranquil? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so that's my biggest fear. So how critical is it though for, for book to be healthy enough today uh, against the Syracuse team that obviously will put up points in this game? Well, I mean, he really provides a spark. So he definitely consistently gets everyone the ball that's really big but then again uh Wimbush had a really really to me surprising first half or game you know the longer he stayed out there the more that his flaws kind of showed through however um you know maybe this can be a magical season because now they do have a backup quarterback uh to book as well yeah my issue with Wimbush is and and last week he was good and we'll talk about him more in the next segment um but he his numbers in the second half weren't very good in the end but in total, he ended up being 12 of 25, 130 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm taking nothing away from what he did last week. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but against Syracuse, I think it's problematic. Um, they're they're one of the top teams in the country in terms of uh, turnover margin. They, they've intercepted the ball 14 times. That's sixth in the country. Um, I think if Wimbush is in there, Syracuse can exploit that. Uh, there's a difference between, I think, uh, the level of competition from – from last week with Florida State and this week against Syracuse. As weird as that is to say, <laughs> that usually you say that and it's the, the other, other way. way. Yeah. But um, that would be my biggest concern. So I'm definitely worried uh, of how good to go uh, Ian Book is. So uh, that's actually the poll question I posted um, on Twitter. So if you want to chime in, at Ange DiCarlo, I have it. Um, pinned right now what's your biggest concern for Notre Dame heading into today's game against Syracuse uh the options were Syracuse's offense is book healthy enough the game being in New York City not South Bend or special teams you want to guess what the leading vote getter is right now not in South Bend that's correct 34 percent of the people are uh most worried about this game being in New York and now it's not South Bend in fact um Sean Egan wrote 
I'm not naming names, but his initials are, in all capital letters, Jack Swarbrick. That would be the Notre Dame <laughs> athletic director. Um, someone wrote, the fact that special teams is not leading concerns me. Syracuse is excellent in special teams, and ND is awful at best. AJ Meehan wrote, ND starting slow. I think all those are good reasons. Right now, uh, game in New York, not South Bend, has 34% of the vote. Is Book healthy enough? 27% of the vote. Syracuse's offense, 25% of the vote. Special teams, 14% of the vote. Uh, you can still vote right now. We'll we'll look back on these. And, again, if you make a comment on that post, uh, we'll, we'll give you a shout-out uh, towards the end of the show and read out your answer. So please uh, give us an opportunity to give you a shout-out and uh, tweet at us and vote in our poll this week here on uh, Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. If you're ready to buy or sell a home, visit southbendsteve.com to learn more about real estate agent Steve Bizarro of Cressy and Everett. Steve has a 4.9 rating out of 5 from Realtor.com, and I know from personal experience how easy he makes the process he uh, helped my wife and I find our home, and we absolutely love it. Contact Steve Bazaro of Krusty and Everett Real Estate at 574-229-4040 or visit southbendsteve.com. All right, the Irish are 10-0, back-to-back, 10-win seasons, two wins away from an undefeated regular season. Uh, absolutely remarkable season so far. We spoke with Drew Tranquil. Chris Fink and Dalen Hayes about now being 10-0 and two wins away from that undefeated regular season. We start with Drew talking about back-to-back 10-win seasons for the first time in 25 seasons. That's one of the things I hope to do in life is to leave things better than I found it. And, um, you know, two years ago after going through that brutal season, you know, we all kind of made a choice of, you know, that's not the standard here at Notre Dame. You know, as recruits, everybody talks about coming here and, like, the tradition of Notre Dame. Well, why'd you choose Notre Dame? The tradition, the tradition, like, you know, today is tomorrow's, like, history, and it's time to, like, start building that tradition back here at Notre Dame. And, you know, we're all bought into that as a group. We've had this goal for a really long time, so we understand we're in a special position. Um, and I think that's just driving everybody to work that much harder and make sure that we uh, take care of what's in front of us one week at a time and try to finish the job. It's, it's been real every week. I mean, if you lose any week, it, it, the, the what we've been working for kind of goes to pieces. So you really feel that every week. But um, it, we, we try not to focus too much on it. We just focus on our process and you know, when you focus on the right things, the outcome will take care of itself. All right. They said all the right things. I don't know if I believe them that it's not more real now. I think when you're two wins away, it, it's got to be more real, right? I mean, you're a coach. You played. So you know a little bit more than I do. What do I know? I'm just a sports reporter here. But it's got to feel more real because you're hearing from more people. You can try to ignore it all you want, but you're hearing from more people. Well, and I think it just makes everything more vivid, more real. You know, it's kind of like seeing everything in high definition. Um, when you're this close to all of your goals and you're you're doing it and, you know, teams come together um, and this is obviously a, a special team. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that this is huge. And there is a difference, uh, but only in a positive way. You know, it's not like when everything oh, yeah. unravels and you're losing and you're wondering why you committed to this. Um, yeah, it's a special season, and I think that that realization is coming through. All right, college football playoff rankings. Alabama is number one. Uh, there's been no change. Uh, Clemson's number two, Notre Dame number three, Michigan number four. So right now it would be Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame in the semifinals if the playoff started today. Just on the outside looking in, Georgia at 9-1 and one is number five. 
Uh, they'll probably they should be playing Alabama in the SEC championship. Oklahoma is six at nine and one. LSU is seventh at eight and two. Washington State is number eight at nine and one. West Virginia number nine at eight and one. Ohio State is number ten at nine and one. UCF undefeated on the season is eleventh at nine and zero. And Syracuse is uh, number twelve at eight and two. Northwestern now in the college football playoff rankings at uh, number twenty two. They're six and four, and of course. Uh, Notre Dame beating them two weeks ago. Um, all right, one of the other things that probably may be motivating them, I don't know, maybe they're completely ignoring it, but maybe they've heard it, is the 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 stupidity on ESPN of them. Look, I get it. They're trying to create controversy because there's no drama in these rankings for the first time ever uh, in, in the five years or whatever it's been mm. that, since they started doing these rankings. So there's no drama. So they got to come up with something. But again, like I said last week, this continued notion that ah, Michigan's playing better, maybe they should be ranked ahead of Notre Dame, is insanity. It's like they play. It was like it was a scrimmage in the spring. They beat them head to head. Look, nope. and the, it keeps coming up. <laughs> the only debate is if Notre Dame were to lose today or to USC, mm-hmm. one lost Notre Dame, one lost Michigan. Then it's a conversation. Michigan people then be like, no, 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 no. Come on. It was a conversation when Notre Dame was undefeated and, and Michigan had one loss. Now, clearly, we're playing better football. I don't care. It. I'm knocking things over over here now. <laughs> um, the only way it's a debate is if Notre Dame loses and they each have one loss. And then Notre Dame beat them head to head. Yeah. I'm with you, Ange, but, uh, you know, the national media is really riding high on this whole Michigan playing really well right now. Well, here here's the thing, and when you look at the records versus the college football playoff top 25 rankings, you, you realize maybe they're on to something. Um, Michigan and Georgia are 2-1, and one. LSU's 2-2, two and two. Oklahoma's 2-0, and oh. Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame are 2-0. and oh. I'm sorry, they're right there! They have just as good of... Standings against the rest of the top 25. Oh, by the way, Pittsburgh hasn't lost since Notre Dame beat them. They're going to probably win their division and go play for the ACC championship. They might get murdered by Clemson, but that's beside the point. Uh, Northwestern's going to play for the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Notre Dame's the Big Ten champions, mm-hmm. maybe, because it might be Michigan and Northwestern. This is, you know, whatever. we got to move on. <laughs> All right. By the way, moving this game to uh, New York City. Mistake? They could, they could have kept this in South Bend. They chose to move this to New York City. Uh, I don't think anyone anticipated Syracuse being this good. I'm a Syracuse alum. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> they're 8-2. and two. Um, So uh, Brian Kelly wasn't happy about the move when it first was announced in December. Um, but, you know, he didn't want to go there this week because he knows there's not much point. What do you think? A, a big problem being in New York versus South Bend today? I think it's different, but I I'm a fan of the the whole Shamrock series. Ooh. I am. I like it for recruiting. I think it's good to get that Notre Dame brand out and take it to people's uh, backyards. Here, and if here, you look, they've gotten a lot of East Coast and New Jersey guys sure. lately. Here's a question I have for you for recruiting: Is it better to go play the Shamrock City in New York, or you know have an undefeated regular season and just win out? <laughs> Always the devil's advocate. I would say it's just, probably better to win out, right? That's all That's all I'm saying. I, that's I, probably, like, I like the series for recruiting. I do. All right, here's what Nick Coleman had to say about the Shamrock series. I would say there's a lot more distraction, uh, um, in my opinion, that comes with these games. Um, 
And then uh, what's the same is like it's still football. Um, you know, there's still 100 yards on the field, and you still got to come out and play. Uh, I know. Um, I, I would. I was. If I was an opposing team, I would be kind of disrespected. Because we, we usually go to the team's kind of home area and we set up a home field. You know, like, what is that? So, um, you know, that, that hypes me up being a player on our side because I know that they're, you know, they feel, you know, kind of disrespected kind of. There you go. Disrespect. I can't believe he actually said that. I mean, it's true. They go into other teams' backyards. I mean, they're going to New York City. They're play- Syracuse is billed as New York's team. And um, and they go in their backyard, and they and here they are. I mean, there could be more Notre Dame fans at this game than than Syracuse fans. I fully understand that as a Syracuse, we're a basketball school, not a football mm-hmm. school. But there's going to be Syracuse fans there, and they have pride in being New York's team. So the players probably do feel a little disrespected that they think they can come to Yankee Stadium and push us around, you know, the old adage. So I can see that factor being in play, that there's disrespect from the other team. Well, I have a little unique perspective on this, seeing as how I was a head football coach at St. Joe without a home stadium for my whole career. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. It's not a big deal to me. Now, I do think it's interesting that maybe for the Syracuse guys, it gives them a little motivation, but they don't need that much motivation, right? Number three team in the country, and they're playing their best ball maybe of uh, post-Donovan McNabb era, you know? So Syracuse is ready to go. Okay, the only difference there is you pl- you coached at St. Joe in the era where you guys could not afford a football stadium. <laughs> Notre Dame has the Good uh, point. has the fortunes. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, they made that little renovation over there. Yeah, it looks decent. They, they built it up even bigger. <laughs> so th- that would be the only difference. Of course, St. Joe's, you know, much because of all the great things you did there, oh, right. have the new uh, great Father <laughs> Bly Field now since uh, since your departure. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, we're done with high school football in the season. Uh, hard to believe. And unfortunately, we saw uh, Mishawak and Bremen both lose last night. So uh, all our area teams in Indiana now out. Uh, it was a great high school football season, but we're turning our attention now to the hardwood. Join former Riley coach Bob Berger and I for Catholic High School Basketball on Redeemer Radio. We'll broadcast at minimum 20 St. Joe and Marion boys and girls basketball games between now and March. Our first broadcast is Tuesday, November 27th, when the undefeated Marion girls go on the road to undefeated Penn in an NIC showdown. Congrats to Marion coach Steve Scott won his 200th career game last night so uh marion having one of their best teams in years uh hoping to pull off the big win over penn looking forward to that game on november 27th but hey we still got a big game here today to talk about between notre dame and syracuse coming up at 2 30 still to come our focus on faith segment is with notre dame captain and offensive lineman alex Pars, who is out for the season with an acl injury but has found a new role helping out his team and up next uh, Ian Book may be back today, but Brandon Wimbush gave the Irish so much last week on Senior Day. We'll take a look back at his memorable night next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Auto loans from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can save you money. Why? Because the whole purpose of a credit union is to save you money. Catholic-inspired credit unions put faith into action. Pope John Paul II called them one of the church's most significant concrete achievements. Now it's easier than ever to be a part of this. All you need is a phone. You already share our values. Why not share in our savings? 
for a better auto loan or refinance from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, call 844-230-6611. Nicholas J. Salon and Spa on Eddy Street Commons, the ultimate salon experience. Whether it's a basic men's haircut, an everyday women's cut and color, a spa afternoon, or your wedding day, Nicholas J. Salon believes total beauty is within us all. Call Nicholas J. and Aveda Concept Salon today at 574-233-0700 or visit them on Eddy Street Commons. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you get $50 in your new account and... Another 50 bucks for an eligible nonprofit, like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even those of us at Redeemer Radio. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. We're already off the rails here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Who knows what other things I may rant on over the next 40 minutes or so as we get you ready for Notre Dame and Syracuse coming up at 2.30. Third-ranked Irish undefeated on the season 10-0 versus number 12 Syracuse 8-2. Ah, it's pretty good. That I'm excited my alma mater actually has a team. You know, this is the first time since my freshman year of college, Syracuse has been good. Well, and they're a good basketball school, right? But oh, well, now, yeah, of course. Now, yeah. this is a, I mean, yeah, it's an awesome, national, awesome team to watch. They won a national championship in basketball my sophomore year. I was there for every <laughs> moment of that season. Nevertheless, that's beside the point. Uh, I am off the rails to all over the place this week. All right, uh, let's talk about Brandon Wimbush. Uh, we, we Ian Book will be back today, um, but... Uh, what Brandon Wimbush gave this team last week with him out uh, with book out with the rib injury last week. I mean, incredible. I mean, really, it was absolutely incredible what he was able to step up and do after not playing uh, for, for for nearly two months. I was just shocked at some of the things that he uh, he could do, especially in the first half. You know, the little quick uh, wide receiver passes, the drags, it, like all the, the stuff that he had trouble with with his touch. It. I guess we should listen to Brian Kelly more often. He apparently he fixed say it that, in yeah. practice. He did <laughs> say and that. He did. He looked great in that first half. But the longer that he stayed out there, that some of his uh, flaws kind of came out. But the same token, I mean, that, I was shocked. It was an incredible first half performance. For Wimbush, here's a guy who was the starter all of last season, was 3-0 to start this year, gets benched in favor of Ian Book, and then when Book injures his ribs, Wimbush called on to take the reins for one week only. On senior night, I spoke with Brandon about it all after the game. What were the last six weeks like, and how much more did that make tonight special for you to get that next opportunity? No, it was, it was really emotional. I mean, the, the, the six weeks were they were tough, but um, they were inspiring. Um they, they did something to me and and um, you know it, it allowed me to, to work through adversity and gave me a different perspective so um, I was able to support the team however I could and then come out here today and obviously the motion showed so it was fun. What did that alma mater mean? I know I saw some of the seniors were yelling at you to get to the front row what did what did that moment mean? Those are my roommates and so I love those guys and we want to be up front um, get a couple of pictures to remember this moment because um, it's definitely a special one and like I said we'll remember it for the rest of our life. And then later in the press conference, Wimbush was asked about how difficult it was to get benched, and he answers it truthfully, and then listen to the praise he then gives to Ian Book in his answer. 
It was tough. Um, you don't expect something like that. Like you said, you're, you're three and zero, but um, it obviously, you know, it proved to to uh, I don't know, benefit the team. But obviously, we're, we started rolling a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball, and, and like I said, it's a testament to Ian and, and all the guys that put in the work. And um, it's uh, we keep moving from there. It proved to benefit the team. How? That's tough. <laughs> That's amazing that someone would actually say that. You, I, I would not say that. No, I, I, I would I have think too it's much. Really pro- tough. <laughs> yeah, that's. It shows you what kind of classy person he is. It, it's pretty amazing. Well, and Brian Kelly talked about his leadership skills before the season, but I mean to. Uh, to endure not starting just as a like you said either pride or selfish or uh, just human nature like that it's really impressive that uh, the way he dealt with it and he has so much respect from his teammates here's what his roommate Chris Fink had to say about Wimbush being a team first guy it says everything he's a tremendous guy and I think most people put in his situation wouldn't have nearly as good attitude as he did I mean he I didn't hear him complain once even when we're you know home just talking um and he just he just understands how to be a good guy I mean that's that's all I can say he's just a really good guy and and he's team first and not selfish at all the nice thing now is you know he's not checked out Mm -hmm. so if he's called upon if book re-aggravates this rib injury or if there's some other reason you know Wimbush is going to be ready and that's you know he might not be as effective as Ian Book as we've as we've seen over the evidence of, of this season but we we at least know he's not checked out mentally and that's huge to have someone that's 13 and 3 as a starter in the wings in case something happens to Ian Book well and his teammates can depend on him too yeah I mean that being a, a leader and being able to show everyone with your example how to deal with adversity um, yeah, I think we're in a great spot now for quarterback. Uh, you know, I asked Alizé Mack about him this week, and and Alizé said, you know, that guy defines what Notre Dame is all about. And, and you wouldn't normally think to hear that about the backup quarterback, right? Uh, but, it, it, but it shows you. And speaking of Alizé Mack, three catches for 29 yards last week doesn't sound like crazy numbers. But two of those catches were about as good as you're going to see uh for touchdowns. I don't I still am not sure he definitely got in on the one. The first uh, one? <laughs> I mean, it was as close as imaginable whether or not he got in, but those were incredible plays and talk about a kid who's who's uh really come come alive here uh this season for the Irish and they've needed him at tight end. Well, he's explosive. Right, he was the first one. I think the the first time that book got out there, um, took a quick little screen and went the distance. I mean, he can make big plays happen. All right, uh, Mac has had his struggles, missed a year because of academics. Wasn't very good last year. Coming together this year, misses a Northwestern game because of concussion, and then it all comes together on senior night. I know that that's something I've been waiting on for a long time. I feel like uh, making those type of plays is, is something I can do. Uh, you know, day in and day out and week in and week out for my team. Um, and able, you know, for me to put that on, on film and um, be able to show people that on a Saturday night, um, it was fun. It was great. Uh, you know, all through, like you said, through all the ups and downs I've been through to be able to have a game like that on senior night, uh, the last home game of the year was, was special. 
And here's what Brian Kelly had to say, uh, a quote from this week. But the gr- the great thing about him is that he stuck with it. When there were low points, when he could have walked away, he knew he shouldn't have, and he hung in there, and all the credit goes to him. Um, again, a guy that had to sit out a year because of academics, um, and then last year struggled. He he has a high opinion of himself. That's okay. He's very confident in his abilities, thinks he's going to do well, and that success didn't come. So there's another guy that could have checked out at some point, and, and he didn't. He he worked through all the tough times, and, and he persevered. And I imagine as a coach, you have total respect for that because I'm sure you've had players that maybe it didn't all come together until their senior year. Yeah, I think that could be you know there's a lot of good strong leaders on this team but the best leading is uh, by example so for him to overcome a lot of this and he was a highly touted recruit so he yeah. I'm sure everyone told him how good he could be and uh I'm sure it would be frustrating if he didn't get the ball um but yeah I think some of those behind the scenes the growth the maturity and the leadership stuff is why we're having a special year and then uh another guy Nick Coleman uh, you talk about a guy who was the a starter last year at safety, um, was high highly praised, was then like looked like he was in the back burner in the spring, then came through and did, had a really good summer, and, and then you think he's going to be the starter at nickel. He starts for a little bit, then all of a sudden they 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 make a change there, um, going to Houston Griffith, and then last week he's back there starting at nickel, gets an interception like within six seconds of the game starting. Um, and now he'll be the starter at nickel moving forward. Pretty cool to see that guy, too, stepping up in a big way, another senior. And those are like the little things that you're mm-hmm. seeing there that th- these guys that are like the role players um, as seniors are, are making their contributions in timely fashion, a different guy every week coming through, and that's what you need at this time of year. Well, th- that's, I think, why they're having a special season, not just the, the headlight headline guys but the the people that we don't all notice um stepping forward be sure to follow redeemer radio on social media on twitter it's at 957 sports and on facebook search for redeemer radio 95.7 sports we have the latest on not only notre dame but the high school front as well each and every day and tonight we'll have uh well throughout the game of course i'll, I'll be posting updates from Notre Dame and the Syracuse matchup. All right, time for a timeout. Still to come, we go in-depth on the matchup with Syracuse and having to stop Orange quarterback Eric Dungy. But up next is our focus on faith with the offensive lineman and captain Alex Bars out for the season with a torn ACL, how he's doing in his recovery, and how his faith has helped him during that time. That conversation is next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Touchdown! 
Irish Sports Saturdays presented by Orange Theory Fitness. Voted the best one-hour full-body workout in the country. I was just at Orange Theory yesterday. Had a great workout. You get all the benefits of a group workout with the attention of a personal coach plus a heart monitor that helps let you know if you're pushing yourself too much, not enough, or right where you should be in the Orange Zone. Orange Theory Fitness is located at Heritage Square in Granger. Your first workout is free. Here's the one thing you don't do when you go to Orange Theory. Don't go on the treadmill next to one of the other trainers who's working out in the class. That happened to me yesterday. That was that I'm feeling I'm a little feel, sore still. I definitely feeling it today because <laughs> you know you see them going so hard and you, you think you can. Well, I wasn't even trying to keep up. You think you could push it a little bit more and uh, definitely feeling that a little bit. But great workout. So check it out. And again, your first workout's it free. So how can you beat that? Uh, go ahead and check it out at Orange Siri. Um, located at Heritage Square in Granger. All right, Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Syracuse and Notre Dame coming up at 2.30. The game will be broadcast on NBC. Uh, Let's turn our attention now to the offensive line uh, starting to come together. Uh, Last week, it was a very impressive performance. Uh, We know Florida State as a whole is not a good football team, but their defensive line is, is, at least regarded was so far this season, and last week, the offensive line helped Dexter Williams get 202 yards rushing. That's the first time one guy has gotten more than 200 yards rushing in a game versus Florida State since 1982. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I think overall, the whole unit, um, you know, they've really come together. That Now, saying that at the beginning of the season, we did say we didn't know who was going to start. They had two guys that they had to replace. But if you look at recruiting – and give any stock to uh, people's recruiting rankings, they do consistently get good offensive linemen. But they have a lot of excuses that they could have used or that they've overcome. A new offensive line coach, they had an injury, uh, new starters, injury to their um, arguably best linemen, um, you know, their senior leader. So, yeah, it's super impressive. And they've done it with different people. So they actually have depth there. And, And that's a huge thing for championships. And I don't know. All, I still think they're the weakness of this offense, but the fact that it appears they're trending in the right direction is a good sign. But I still think they're kind of. I, I still don't know if I fully trust the Notre Dame run game because mm. I feel like it disappears at times. And uh, that's not because of Dexter Williams. I feel like you give him good blocking, he's going to run the ball. I, I so I I do get concerned a little bit especially if they go up against a really good rush defense, which I'm not – Syracuse is not that, so I'm not really fearing. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame should be able to run the ball today, don't you think? Yeah, I think they should be able to run the ball. I think um, the big thing with Syracuse, and we talked about it, is that their their defense is opportunistic, but they're pretty feast or famine. So yeah. they're going to throw a lot at them. Personnel matchups, they do have a good defensive end in number 94. He's pretty uh, chaotic, but – That'll put a little pressure on just the uh, the tackles. Otherwise, though, as a group, I mean, they really have kind of bonded together, and multiple people have had to step up and play together. Yeah, there's been a lot of different starting lineups on the line this year, making uh, mainly because they've been trying to figure out how to replace captain and offensive lineman Alex Bars. Bars celebrated senior day last week, not the way he wanted. He wasn't playing. Out for the season with a torn ACL, but for a fifth-year senior who came back and got injured, he has one positive attitude. Here's our conversation with Alex Bars on this week's Focus on Faith. 
The big question everyone's wondering about you is where you are in your recovery stage. Uh, just tell us how you're feeling and where things are for you as you recover from that torn ACL. Yeah, things are going great. I'm uh, five weeks post-op. Uh, started walking. I've got one more week in the uh, in the brace, and then I'll be walking freely. Uh, it's going really well. Doing step ups, a lot, a lot of, a lot of great treatment uh, with our training staff here, um, and th- things have gone really well. What's your prognosis in terms of uh, when you're going to be ready to go? Because obviously, y- you have a big future ahead of you. Wanting to play in the NFL, the draft's coming up in April. The timeline probably not going in your direction right now. So, so what's the timeline looking like for you? Um, this said the recovery is about nine months uh, for what happened, which would put me late June. But but I'm pushing that, pushing my leg pretty hard to to get back because teams need me healthy, and, and that's what I'm going for. How much does it help being here uh, right now that you can you can work with the doctors and the trainers here to to get you up to speed as quickly as you can before you kind of go into those pre-draft opportunities? It's great. Our, our team doctor, Dr. Attican, uh, did my surgery and did a phenomenal job. And he has that connection so he can talk to our training staff daily if, if he needed to uh, regarding my legs. So they're on a great, they've got a great connection there. Um, and it just really benefits the whole process. So they can talk about how I'm doing and relay it back so I can get the stages sooner or maybe push back a stage if, if need be. Talking with Notre Dame offensive lineman and captain Alex Bars here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Alex, let's just kind of go back to your childhood. Uh, your parents, both athletes, uh, every member of your family is an athlete. Uh, I'm just curious, who's, uh, who's, who's the best athlete of the bunch? Uh, my little sister, Lauren. Uh, she plays volleyball at Ole Miss, by far the best athlete, uh, no, no question. What what makes her the best one? Is she, she beating you guys in certain sports in the backyard along the way or something? Uh, no, she hasn't done any of that. But you can just tell, like when, when she's got it, she's got it. She's dominating at Ole Miss as a setter in volleyball, and and I just love the way she plays, and and she always is consistent, playing really well. Everyone playing D1 sports. You have some other. I think you have what a grandfather that played D1 as well. Maybe an uncle. Who in the family has not played Division One sports? <laughs> My grandmother. Uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's quite a few. But yeah, we've we've had been lucky enough to uh, have an athletic family. What what's dinner like in the in the Bars household when you have four football players? Your dad, your two brothers, and yourself. Yeah, my dad's on a diet now, so so not as bad. But I mean, remember back in high school, we'd go to to Costco or wherever and just load up on food, three, four hundred dollar food bills like a week just to feed all of us. Uh, but it's gone down dramatically, obviously now. You grew up in a, in a Catholic family. What did you take from that growing up, and, and kind of where, where does faith play a role for you uh, on a daily basis? Well, I think just faith. And God, I'm Catholic, thankfully, and my, my parents did a great job of making sure we went to church on Sundays and, and, and prayed before a lot of meals, but I mean, we were never super vocal about it. Um, but I just think the morals and values that, that our faith has instilled in us and continues to work in our lives daily uh, is, is unbelievable. And then obviously you come here to Notre Dame, which obviously is a Catholic university. Um, Most would say, well, his dad played at Notre Dame, so obviously it makes sense that he would come to Notre Dame. But it's not, your brothers didn't follow that path. So what made Notre Dame the right fit for you when you decided to come here? Just everything about it. I mean, the the football program's unmatched. Uh, Just there's so much legend and story there. Uh, And I am the legacy, so with my dad. Uh, So that was a big part of it. But but academic-wise and, of course, faith-wise, I mean, 
they don't force Catholicism on you or Christianity. They don't force you to go to church, but they have the resources around everywhere to make sure that, that if you do want to, you, you have the, the chance to. I remember meeting you down in Nashville at the, the Women's Final Four when Notre Dame was playing down there when you were still in high school. You were definitely all in at that point and, and really excited. Well, how much were you just any opportunity to be around Notre Dame at that point? You were taking advantage of that. It was exciting. I think that was the first... I mean, besides like the official visits and heading to games, but uh, an example of the community, the Notre Dame community, and how, how far it reached, and to be a part of that just at the start was pretty special. We're talking with Alex Bars, Notre Dame captain and offensive lineman here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Alex, of course, is out for the season with uh, a torn ACL. Uh, Alex, let's go back to to the Stanford game when it happened. Uh, what happened on the play, and and did you know right away something was wrong? Um, so Sam and I were coming up to the line as a three down front, and uh, so we it was an outside zone play. So uh, Sam and I have the option to either a it to the backside backer, which means it's a running combination to the backside backer, or um, he can take the nose and I can pull around him for the backer, like a man scheme. Um, so we're like walking up to the line, we're like, what do you want to do? Like, want to man it? Want to a it? So we're like, yeah, let's just A it. You know, I was like, you want to A it? He's like, sure. So I ate it. I uh, reached the nose and tried to wheel back on him to, to stake off the defense. I wheeled back on him, and I think the overhang came and made the tackle right into my knee uh, and popped it in or whatever, and I knew right away. Uh, didn't feel great, but, uh, yeah, it was fine. I was able to walk off under my own weight. Uh, didn't break any bones, thankfully. Uh, came to the sideline, I was like, Dude, we should have called man. The talking about the scheme, uh, Sam was laughing, but um, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it happened. And then, did you did you know? Did you think it was uh, this is my knee's shot, or did you think ah, maybe you know maybe I just strained something? Did, what, what was going through your mind at that point? Um, I wasn't really sure. I knew that the angle was a little different. Um, I mean, I knew something was wrong with it, but I was just praying, hoping it wasn't severe. So. And then you eventually get the news that that it is severe, and and your career at Notre Dame's over. I I can't imagine, especially for a guy who came back for a fifth year, how difficult that news was. How how tough was that? Yeah, I mean it's pretty devastating. Um, I had my stint with it the following twenty four hours, um, but then got it. It had to be more than twenty four hours <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean it, I had my rough patch with it for sure. Like I mean it, it's it's devastating. It's so upsetting. Uh, but then I looked forward, tried to turn it into a positive note and just turned it to how can I help the team help myself and just better myself going forward uh, so I can prepare for the draft and, and be everything that I would have been healthy. Did, did your faith help you get through that, uh, being able to, to rely on that? Did it help you get through those tough times? Yeah, every uh, every team mass before the, fr- the Friday before the game, I say a little prayer for my family and friends traveling up and pray that God keeps me safe when I play out there. And, and unfortunately, this happened, but I knew it was all part of his plan. Um, so knowing that, I, I was okay. Talking with Alex Bars, Notre Dame offensive lineman and captain here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, I noticed at the Northwestern game you were coming out of the 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 locker room and you had a chart in your hand. Most guys are checked out once they get an injury, um, or at least worrying about recovery and everything like that. Not necessarily. You're you're out there charting the things. Uh, take us through kind of what your role is now for this team. 
Um, well, that game, I wanted to stay involved as possible, uh, specifically. So I was charting down in distance, play called What Happened, Who Got Beat, Why Did They Get Beat, uh, What Yard Lane They Were On, and stuff. Uh, I did that, I think, three quarters, and then I gave it to the, one of the younger guys to do because I wanted, I couldn't exactly see um, exactly what was going on with everyone and helping them. I feel like I was a better helping them watching it, each play on its own, watching the review on the scoreboard instead of charting. Uh, so that's what I did that last game. But how important has that been for you as a captain to m- make sure you've stayed in- involved uh, to help your teammates to to put out the best product possible? Awesome. I mean, I'm still looking at scheme, which which helps me a ton. I'm still looking at a tons of scheme as far as defenses go and our scheme working because we have a great offensive scheme working against those defenses. Um, so, it's, I mean, it, it's great for me. Like It fills that gap that I'm obviously missing now to be able to be with the guys and be out there helping and coaching and staying a part of the group because it is a phenomenal group. Win after win, mm-hmm. in a way, is it is it harder because <laughs> cause you're, you're missing out on that opportunity to be out there with them? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Obviously, I want to be out there. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd do anything to be back out there with them. But, I mean, I'm so happy for, for this for this group of guys and what they're doing and what they continue to do. Um, their success is just awesome, awesome to see. And then how proud are you, the offensive line, stepping up in the way that they have? Obviously, they've they've been criticized at times as kind of being the weak link since you went down. But then we see last week against Florida State what they did. Mm-hmm. And Dexter is the first guy to go for 200 200 plus yards against Florida State since 1982 and a lot of that credit has to go to the O-line. Yeah I mean it comes with the position obviously you have your ups and downs and, and people tend to see the only the downs with the, with the offensive line uh, but our center Sam Musfer has done a phenomenal job of making sure that everyone's on the same page and ready to go. Uh, all the guys are improving from week to week. Liam, Rob, Tommy, Banks, Trevor like they're all improving uh, so that's all you can ask for and you see it all on the field. Overall, how do you think this whole process of going through this difficult part of your life is going to maybe benefit you as a person uh, moving forward? You come stronger. You come definitely much stronger away from from things like this. Um, So that's what I'm hoping. I mean, after my ankle surgery in 2015, came back stronger. Um, And I I just think it'll do the same thing for me. I think I'm going to be better, faster, more mature, maybe able better to handle myself. so, yeah, it's, it's going to be for the better. Excited for what this team can do in these uh, final two games and, and the rest of the season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fired up. That is Notre Dame captain and offensive lineman Alex Bars. Kevin, we we talk about uh, last segment about seniors who have stepped up in different roles. Alex, you know, probably their best offensive player um, and, you know, out for the season with a torn ACL, but stepping up in a different way. Just, again, another, another way – that we're seeing guys stepping up on this team that he's he's helping out in film and and on the field talking to to his fellow offensive linemen. Well, and he's such a leader, but you know, I think too just listen to that. Man, if I'm a pro personnel guy, then that's the kind of guy I want to invest yep. in. That's that, you know, somebody that can make it through tough times with that attitude. I'm going to put my money there. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today coming up right after us. Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. I want to mention that it's a very busy day for Notre Dame athletics. Uh, the top-ranked defending national champion Notre Dame women, 2-0, are at number 15 DePaul at 2 p.m. today. Notre Dame men looking to bounce back from their loss to Radford this week. 2-1 Irish host 
William and Mary at noon today. Notre Dame hockey beat Michigan State last night three to one. Uh, they play again at MSU tonight at seven thirty. All right, time for the stretch run when we come back we'll break down the matchup with Syracuse is this the best offense the Irish have faced this year yes we answer that question next to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturday you deserve more from your workout more than sweating away extra pounds it should transform you from the inside out with technology to prove you're improving and coaches that give you more tough love you want more results more confidence, more community, and more energy. Because the more you do at Orange Theory, the more you get out of life. Orange Theory Fitness. Go to orangetheory.com for a free workout. Hey, football fans. This is Steve Pizarro from Cressy Everett Real Estate. If you're considering buying or selling your home, then listen up and visit southbendsteve.com. Just like in football, the excellence is in the execution. So forget the stress of buying or selling a home and call me today at 574-229-4040. That's 229-4040. So remember, Steve Bizarro, your Michiana real estate expert, and visit southbendsteve.com. Planning your cop company holiday party or want to host a dinner for you and your friends overlooking Notre Dame Stadium, it's a golden opportunity all brought to you by Venue ND. To learn more, visit venue.nd.edu or call 574-631-1400. On to Carlo Kevin Downey with you. Stretch run here. Notre Dame and Syracuse coming up at 2.30. Uh, Kevin, probably this has got to be the best offense the Irish have faced all year. Uh, the Orange ranks 7th in the country in scoring offense, averaging 44.4 points per game. Yeah, their offense is really tough. They, uh, again, it starts with their QB and kind of ends with them. So he's really good at passing, but he's also a very good runner. Um, I think watching number 17, he's their uh, wide receiver that stands out to me. They do a really good job of finding one-on-one matchups and exploiting that. Here's what Nick Coleman, Dalen Hayes, and Brian Kelly had to say about the Orange offense, starting with Coleman talking about veteran starting quarterback Eric Dungy. Just a guy who can run and throw effectively. Um, uh, his RPOs, the way he the way he handles the the RPO is is the best. You know, some of the one of the best I've ever seen of a college quarterback. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be imperative for us to um, you know stick to our guys when we need to, and then and then fit the run when we need to. It's just an extremely efficient offense. Uh, probably one of the best offenses on paper that we've seen to date, as far as their ratings go, and uh, they're fast. So. We got to match that. We got to come out prepared to play. The the, the whole change in, in their ability to sustain their offensive structure is based upon running the football. If they can't run the football, this team is not eight and two. They can run the football, and by being an effective team uh, through the ground, it sets up everything they can do. So that's and and it has to do with experienced offensive lineman. Mike Cavanaugh is a very good offensive line coach. He's experienced uh, as any O-line coach out there, so they've got a good scheme, an experienced O-line coach, and experienced lineman, and they can, they got good backs. And quarterback Eric Dungy uh, has led the way in that department. Uh, rushing touchdowns this season, he has 12. 
the quarterback, has 12. He's eighth in the nation in that department as a team. They have 32 rushing touchdowns. Mo Neal uh, has five of those. Their running back averages uh, 72 yards per game. So uh, certainly it does start with the run game, but Dungy can throw the ball as well. Well, and they do a good job of both spreading it out, uh, bringing it in. Depends on what the defense that they're facing. So, like against Florida State, it was more max protect. But yeah, um, I guess the run game's important. But I do think it all comes back to Dungy. Yeah, and defensively, tenth in sacks per game nationally, three point three per game, sixth in interceptions, uh, fourth in turnover margin. So um, you kind of mentioned it. They're feast or famine. They're they're gonna bring it, and that that could be a problem because. Again, Ian Book, the, the the rib injury, they're going to bring it at him. Well, and if they have success, then it can build momentum. Uh, and they're, the best game I thought that, they'd, uh, that they played so far, Syracuse, is against Clemson, where it was close, 27-23, and that's obviously a great defense. And they, they had that game won. Uh, Syracuse had him beat in the fourth quarter, and they, they weren't able to put him away. And their only other loss was a week later to Pittsburgh. Kind of was the carryover effect from the, the loss to Clemson. Notre Dame's best defense might be their offense. Wide receiver Chris Fink understands that scoring a lot of points this week will be huge. What we want to this weekend, we have to be really sharp offensively, um, just knowing that they have a high-powered offense. And like you said, we trust our defense as well, but um, this will be a new challenge for them. And, and all we can do is, is make sure we, uh, we do our jobs and, and handle our end and try to make it as comfortable for the defense as possible, just like they try to do for us. All right, that was Chris Fink, a little bit of Nick Coleman again as an encore presentation. All right, intangibles in this one could be the kicking game. Uh, Syracuse is not as good in the red zone as you would think, um, but they're, uh, they're great at kicking the football, uh, 27 of 29 on field goals uh, this season. Uh, Kevin, what, what worries you the most if, if you're Notre Dame heading into tonight's game, today's game? I'd say just a little think um, for his kick or punt returns. You know, there were three muff punts for Clemson uh, because they do Syracuse has a good kicker so or punter. So I think that could be a little hidden part of the game to watch. Uh, I think it's how the defense responds if it starts giving up points. They haven't all year. This is the best offense they'll face. So that's going to be a big factor. What worries you if you're Dino Babers, Syracuse coach? You know, it's a big opportunity. It's a big stage, uh, arguably the best game of the day. So everybody's going to be watching. So just to see how their team responds, because they've played well against uh, one really good team in Clemson. Now, can they do it again? All right. And mine's, can you score enough to keep up with Notre Dame? Who's going to score? Uh, real quick, your keys to the game. I think it, it's going to come kind of cliche, but back to the line play. You know, the offensive line we highlighted and talked about, defensive line for Notre Dame has a lot of depth. So line play and turnovers. All right, I'm going to say protect Ian Book and protect the football. If you turn it over against Syracuse, you could be in trouble. A game prediction. Uh, Notre Dame 38 and Cuse 28. I'm going to go with Notre Dame uh, 44, Syracuse 37, high-scoring game. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Our show also presented today by Orange Theory Fitness and Granger. Voted the best one-hour full-body workout. Thanks to our audio operator today, Jeremy P. for Kevin Downey. I'm Audrey DiCarlo, Notre Dame and Northwestern. Coming up at 2.30 at Yankee Stadium, we close things out with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, 
And by the glorious intercession of Mary, our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. What happens on the Kyle Hyman Show? Ooh, uh, good question. Good question. Good question. That's a really good question. That's a very good question. That's a great question. Great question. Yeah, you're on to something there, Kyle. Boy, <laughs> that's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, what a great question. That's a great question. Great question. Great, great question, Kyle. Wonderful, wonderful question. That's probably one of the most challenging questions. Yeah, an excellent question. Kyle, you stumped me. Um... I forgot what the question was. Find out weekdays from 7 to 8 a.m. Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes, Bishop of Fort Wayne, South Bend, every Wednesday at noon for his weekly show, Truth in Charity. On each episode, he joins host Kyle Hyman to discuss key issues facing Catholics in the diocese and beyond. Then he answers questions submitted by listeners. If you would like to submit a question, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.